being 18, I'd rather go out on holidays or go spend it on alcohol or, you know, go party than spend $3,000 on the ticket to, to go see Anthony Roberts. So we create the product, we enhance a product, but we could be asleep and then overnight we could sell a thousand products because it's online. As things started getting hard and I go, oh, well, I'm not doing this anymore, it's too hard. But mm. with a, 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 a passionate project, you stay in there for the long haul. You beat your head against the wall enough, the wall's going to crack. But if you're only going to hit it you know, a few times, it's, it's not going to do anything. It takes a lot on the family, but you just have the mindset of what it's going to provide to them in the future. And that's what keeps me driving. It is scary, but I guess it's the same as anything. Everything's scary when you first do something. And then when you get used to it, it, it becomes second nature. You're going to have a lot more problems down the track than what it is from the business. You're going to have business problems. You're going to have marital or, or partner problems. So just be honest with them. That's, you know, that's one of the, the big things. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I'm super stoked because today I'm traveling all the way to Sydney, Australia, and I love Sydney. I actually became a world medalist in the Olympic Village 2012. You know, I went to Bondi Beach. I had those blonde beers. You know, life was really, really awesome for me in Sydney. So uh, I have great memories. So I'm always glad to, to go there. And today, obviously, I go there virtually, uh, but it almost feels like I'm there. So without further ado, I just want to talk a little bit about the show. So what we're trying to do here for people that are new to the show we are trying to redefine success and how do I do that? I meet with people like today's guests and a whole bunch of other people and they share open-heartedly. This is a show if you're interested in really growing, if you have big goals, big dreams, or if you want some type of change. So welcome to the journey. Welcome to the I Love Success podcast. If you're listening to us for a while, uh, please reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I want to learn and see what 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 do we do well? What are you struggling with? What are your dreams right now? So reach out to us. You know, check us out uh, at, on Instagram. It's my name at Peter Jumrukovsky. Super easy to spell. Uh, Google might help you a little bit, or just email me at info at ilsuccess.com. Without further ado, let me present this week's guest. His name is Danny May, and he's the founder of Lingmo. That's a digital AI-powered translation software, uh, and I'm super excited to talk about that because I grew up in, a, in Sweden uh, to immigrant parents. Now I'm here in the U.S., so languages has always fascinated me, so super excited to speak with Danny and his idea to develop a real-time language translation solution actually came out of a language barrier. And it was basically an embarrassing situation in China when his password was stolen. He had no way of communication with the local people. So, you know, that's sometimes what happens, right? You, you lose a passport, you don't know how to communicate, and all of a sudden you create a company. Uh, companies are solutions to problems and um, that's why you know it's so cool to meet people like Danny so without further ado welcome to the I love success podcast Danny May thanks for having me thanks Peter yeah so can we just talk about that what happened in China 
So what happened was um, I take a few steps back. My background isn't in tech. So I was a licensed, I'm a licensed plumber. So I was, did, I was a tradie and I was in, uh, in China to find some solar products for the, for the hot water industry here in Australia. And as you said, my, my passport was stolen. Four, first time in China, four hours after landing in Shanghai, it was stolen. Um, so I went up to a police officer and um, he didn't speak a word of English. And so I downloaded a, um, an app, which is a competitor now um, at the time, and um, just said simply, hello, how are you into it? Just to try and break the ice with it, uh, with the police officer. And it come out and translated, hello, I love you. So it didn't, it didn't, needless to say, it didn't go down too well. Um, but, you know, from that, that's where the idea come from for, for Lingmo. Um, I just, you know, just sat back and thought how many other people were in, put in a similar position anywhere, you know, in multiple places around the world, you know, at any one time. So, you know, that's where the idea come from and, um, you know, kind of put a lot of um, heart and soul into creating the product because I was a plumber and moving to the tech side um, took a lot of, uh, willpower to to make that conversion and um, you know today we've got a we've got a pretty good product to to speak of yeah interesting and like I think this is this is going to be cool to talk about because you know traditionally a lot of people in you know regular regular so to speak trade businesses are not seen as entrepreneurs and uh, a lot of times you know making that move to something completely different it's a it might be a big step, especially looking from the outside. So I think this could be very helpful for a lot of people out there now, you know, listening and seeing this. And can you just talk about, you went to China, you got this idea, but what the fuck happens after you have an idea, you go on a trip, you lose your passport, and then, you know, you don't have any experience in this, but you want to, you want to create, you know, this, this brand and this company, like what's the next steps and how, like, why did you even get started? Because I, I've been to vacation many times and I was like, yeah, this is a necessity. And then you go home and three days later, you know, you forget about it. Yeah, yeah. So I think the big thing that was, um, that that made me into sort of more the entrepreneur, uh, plumbing entrepreneur was um, when I was, you know, when I was working for um, a plumber, he was my first mentor. Um, he was heavily invested into Anthony Robbins. So he wanted me to go and do his courses and stuff like that. It took him probably about two years to get me to one, but I got to one and that's where I really learned the entrepreneurial skill. Um, and that really helped me in the pivot to moving from plumbing to, to tech entrepreneur and, and thinking different because as you said, you know, I speak to plumbers now that I still know and they just go, how the hell did you do that? Um, like why, what made you, you know, what was the inspiration? We wish we could do that. And, and that, that one course that I did, it was like a three-day course in Sydney um, with Anthony Roberts. Like, you know, it was a mass one. There was 30,000 people there. Um, but there was one thing unleash, that really... Unleash the power within or... That's it. That's it. Where you do the fire walk on the, across the hot coals and, and, um, and everything. So we, that, was the, that was the one that I went to. And from that, you know, he, he had a story of where he was on a chairlift with, um, with a business associate. And, you know, they were talking. And at the top of the chairlift, his business associate said to him, I just made $500,000 going up this chairlift. How much did you make? And he goes, well, I made nothing because I'm sitting here. And that's where it really, I really started thinking with plumbing, you know, as you, as we said back about before, you can make good money, but you physically have to be on site or do the work or have people doing the work for you. 
Um, whereas, you know, if you want to make money while you sleep and stuff, plumbing wouldn't let me do that unless you got people working for you. And, and then still you would have to go out and do jobs of a night and stuff. So you had to physically be there. So that was really where the entrepreneurial side come into it. Um, I dabbled in a, a few um, internet ventures and stuff during that, that period, um, which, which they failed because I was more thinking about the money, not about the product. Um, and then what really changed with the with Lingmo is, you know, that, that was that problem. And I was the same with you. You know, I was always going, you know, with the entrepreneur, I walk through a shopping centre and you can see differences and you go, well, I could do that. You could you could bring that in from China and sell it for the same. You know, you can you see a lot of things. Um, but what made this was it was it was the problem, first-hand problem that I had there um, in China and the sinking feeling in my heart where, Jesus Christ, I can't speak to this guy. What if I can't speak to someone? How am I going to get out of this bloody country? I just couldn't do it. So that's what really drove me into, um, you know, moving into the the tech space in, you know, a bigger way. But it was a lot of hard work. Like, um, you know, I went to see about 40, you know, did a business plan, found out where this comp- the big companies were doing wrong in the language translation industry. And that will what I found out and it took probably someone from outside the tech industry to really hone in and just work out, think outside the box to, to find out what, what the solution was. And I found that they were doing the translation perfect. They were translating the perfect, the speech recognition, that's where they were lacking. So if the speech input comes in wrong, the translation is snowballs. So you get a bad translation at the end. So I really focus on the speech recognition side. Then I went and seen, I think mean, it was 40 or so invest, angel investors and they all said no because um, I had no tech industry knowledge and um, and I was going up against the big players at the time. So convinced the wife we sold the house and put it into making the products at MVP and then brought partners on um, to help me commercialise the product and, and so on and grow the business from there. But anyone, this is in for, for your listeners, anyone can go off and start something. It's just taking that leap of faith that you, you know, you follow through, you know, you're going to get, so I got knocked down so many times in the early days because I didn't have any tech knowledge. So I actually self-taught myself what I need to know in that industry. You said a lot of great things here. And first of all, I just want to talk about like, so the first time your, your boss told you about Tony Robbins, can you just be honest? Like, what did you think the first time, and what made you actually go to an event two years later? To be honest, what made me think of it the first time was I was eighteen years old and gone. There is no way in friggin' hell I'm spending three grand to go to a conference like that. No, no, no way. Um, and then he just kept pushing me over because Tony Anthony Robbins kept coming year after year to Sydney, and then he finally just gave in and goes, "I'll pay for you to go" because he could see the value that it would add. And then that's when I went and I realized once I went, the value I got. But being 18, I'd rather go out on holidays or go spend it on alcohol or, you know, go party than spend $3,000 on the ticket to, to go see Anthony Roberts. And, and how, like after an event like that, like what, what was going on in your mind? Can you just talk about that pre and after? Like what changed you to start thinking differently? Um, before it, I thought, as everyone else did, plumbing, plumbers make a lot of money. I can make, you know, I could become quite successful and wealthy within the plumbing industry, um, you know, because there's so many different things. Um, but then once I went to, to Anthony Robbins, it, what pivoted was what he said about you need, to, I would need to be in plumbing making that money 
for a long time. And if I'm away on holidays, if I have people working for me, um, obviously I still make money, but not to the extent because obviously workers generally, when you go away, the boss goes away, it sort of laps, laps up a bit. So that's what really stuck in my head was if I really want to be able to support my family and, and support everything moving forward, that I needed to start working on, still doing plumbing, but working on products um, or a business where I'm not necessarily needed um, all the time. So we create the product, we enhance a product, but we could be asleep and then overnight we could sell a thousand products because it's online. That's where the, the real shift changes from after Anthony Robbins was I physically needed to be what I did to make money, to, to be successful and make a lot of money. I love that. Uh, how, how do you deal with like uh, building a business, having a wife, having, having three kids? You know, like how, how do you deal with all that, you know, uh, being a good father and also building a business and, and, you know, having that type of balance when you work so much? It's hard, um, especially in the early days, it was really hard. Um, to be honest, I was there, but I wasn't there, if that makes sense. Um, you know, my wife was like work, like a single mom, to be honest. Um, so it's having a partner that's really strong, um, that's that's in it with the journey for you. So that's why, you know, if someone's starting something, you can sit, sit down your partner because, you know, straight up, I think, you know, if I didn't have one, my wife wasn't as strong as, you know, that's where divorces happen and stuff like that. So... And then that's where you have, you know, that, that you go down that track, then the business you know, never succeeds. So that's where, you know, if, you, if you're starting a business, you've got wife, kids, husband, kids, whatever it may be, um, sit down and you've just got to be straight up with them. There's going to, you know, these are the downs. These, let's work off the, you know, let's prepare for the worst and plan up, prepare for the worst, um, or was it plan for the worst, prepare for the best or whatever it is. So yeah. um, it's, if you do that, you, you know, it's, having a strong person behind you and you, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's this isn't a, a, not a sexist thing or anything like, but you, I hear it a lot, you know, where you have um, these successful, um, you know, like Bill Gates and people like that, they say they're success because of the, the women behind them, you know, yeah. the, the people that are backing them. And it's the same, you know, you see the, the women that they're successful. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the men behind them, you know, looking after the kids. So yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. And, um, you know, we've been going through it for so long, but I guess we see it was, you know, because our kids were young at the time, you know, um, they didn't go to school and stuff like that. I think it would have been, if I was a starter when they were older, it would have been a little bit more difficult because there would have been a lot more sacrifices they would have had to give, um, you know, for, for you know, like up until, what, November last year, I had my eldest son and my youngest son sleep in the same bed. You know, 12, they were, well, now they're, one's just turned 13, one's just turned nine. So they were in the same same bed. So for like literally four or five years. So you know, it's it takes a lot on the family, but you just have the mindset of what it's going to provide to them in the future, and that's what sort of keeps me driving. Is it worth it? Yeah, it it, it is. It's all worth it. Um, it's it's just hard trying to you know with the kids saying, "Can we have this? Can we have that?" And you go, "No, we can't," because we you know we've got the business and stuff like that, and they see their friends getting it. I think that's where it's, um, that's the hardest, but you know, the way that, you know, what is it? You, you live, um, you live a life like no one wants to for a few years. So you can live a life that no one can for the rest of your life. That's sort of the, the mentality that, I, that I've been going on. Yeah. And I think you have to go through that to learn, right? I mean, nobody's born just, you know, like mentally strong. Like some people maybe have it a little bit, 
innate than others, but how do you get stronger by exposing yourself to all these challenges and, you know, dealing with shit the way you weren't supposed to and, and realizing that this might not have been the best way of dealing with it. Um, and I'm glad you learned and improved. Uh, unfortunately, some people don't learn and improve until they have hit rock bottom or, you know, have a big divorce or lose everything. So I'm glad you were able to adapt and overcome. And that's basically what this show is about, you know, to, to show that anybody can do anything if you want. And if you're willing to, you know, learn from people, learn from yourself and evolve and, uh, one thing that I, I, I want to talk about, when did, when did you quit plumbing? About four, four and a half years ago. So not that long ago. In, in the time, essence of time, yeah. Yeah, but do you remember the last day as a plumber? Yeah, yeah, I do. Can you just so, talk yeah. about that? So the last day as a plumber, you know, I, I did the, the, the you know, usual day. had Because I was, I was working for someone then. They actually, they knew it was my last day. So they gave me all the crappy jobs, literally all the crappy <laughs> jobs because they knew it was my last day. How nice. But I know, I know. What, what, what else do you expect? Um, you know, it was once I, you know, because I had the car, they dropped me home. You know, I've got to be honest, the pivot from full-time plumber to full-time, you know, CEO and Czech entrepreneur was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was, you know, I right to this day, I still get up at 4.30 in the morning, um, go to the gym just because it's, you know, I've done it for so many years. So I, I, I just get up and go to the gym to, to keep up, you know, to I get all my exercise out done in, in the morning because if I left it to the night, I wouldn't do anything. So I get up nice and early and do it still, you know, in the trading hours. But it actually took me probably two months to really get into the swing of it. And what kind of snapped it into line was we had a family holiday booked to Thailand. And we went, so we went to Thailand and that was probably about two weeks before I finished plumbing to when we went to Thailand, that two weeks I was lost. You know, I knew what I had to do, um, but I was used to doing everything of a night, not during a, during, doing it during the day. And I was lost. So it took that kind of that holiday, that break for 10 days to, to really snap me out of it and go, you're not a plumber anymore. This is what you do. And then when I come back, started executing start everything during the day, you know, instead of overnight. So it was hard during that transition, um, but it's, you know, again, it's, you know, I still feel like I've got to be doing stuff with my hands and, and stuff like yeah. that, but it is, it is, a, it is a, a tough transition. If I was in the tech industry and I moved from one, you know, from my job to doing this, it probably wouldn't have been so hard, but moving from one industry to the next full time, that's where it was, it was difficult, but, you know, overcome it and, and seeing the challenges and and again that was the people around me that um that helped me overcome that yeah and i'm i'm curious like how how did you like when did you guys get the first traction and why was it i know you talked about it was the voice recognition and but how 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 did you get the first traction you know a good client and now like getting a deal with with zoom for example um, so the first traction really took, you know, we had our apps and consumer apps um, available in the marketplace. So we had that probably for about six months and, you know, we were starting to get good traction with that, um, but we we're going up against the big players, um, which could give it away for free. So when we had our first real big, um, you know, the big traction was when we designed and developed this earpiece that we launched at United Nations. So we did a big uh, press release with IBM, so a joint press release. and I'd never forget. So we had a heading. So the, the 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 press release didn't change in the text. The heading just changed. So 
the first heading was Australian startup um, takes on big plays in language translation industry. Didn't get picked up by any journalists or anyone like that. So they called me up and I was literally on my way to Geneva. I was at the airport, never forget it. And she called me up and said, look, we want to change the heading. I said, okay, what do you want to change to? She said, Australian plumber invents smart, world first or smart translation e-piece. I said, okay. I said, then people are going to actually know I'm a plumber. She goes, yeah. I said, okay, all right, well, let's, let's give it a go. By the time I landed in Geneva, it went ballistic. Like it went viral. Um, you know, I did one interview with Business Insider. Then it was picked up by Forbes, Wired, um, uh, you know, all the tech, all the big, big um, industry people. And that's where, again, I sent a lot of the haters come towards me, but that's where we started seeing a lot of traction. And then these bigger companies um, come to us and, and said, look, can you, um, we love what you're doing. We love your software. Can you alter it to suit our company and our company needs? And we could, but the time and the cost to do that was astronomical because it was based on consumers, not enterprise. So that's where we we started. We, we sort of went along a merry way. Then we had a smart. We we had the earpiece, and then we found out, you know, it was a little bit cumbersome for people in in the street trying to give it to a, a stranger and put it on their ear. Um, so we we designed a smartwatch, which we which overcome that. Then the bigger companies just kept coming to us and coming to us because it was kind of a niche market where um, the consumer side was taken up you know it was saturated by big players but the enterprise side it was kind of a niche market there wasn't too many people building solutions for customer engagement customer um, experience and stuff like that for communication so we pivoted then we made a decision to pivot our software to and to be focused on enterprise and that's where you know it took 18 months and that was where the the you know a couple of the dark times come and from that we have big companies coming to us now like a zoom and can we integrate this? Yep, no worries, because it's we've built it to scale at an enterprise level so they can better serve their customers. Um, and that's where we're starting to see the traction just now because we literally launched our five products two months ago. We only finished them two months ago from the pivot. So, and I guess, you know, with COVID and what's happening now, if we hadn't pivoted then to focus on enterprise, things for us would be a lot different because there's no international travel, which means there's no international, there's no need for translation watches, e-pieces, apps, what, you know, to, to communicate. So it's all gone online where custom, uh, companies need to talk to their customers online to keep the engagement up. So that pivot really helped us, but that's that, the initial brand recognition was from that launch that we did in 2017. I have one question to you. So you, you completely turn off your phone on Sundays? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Was that I scary actually, the first time? It is. It is. So what I do is I put it on flight mode and then I kind of set it, put it back out um, on, you know, Sunday night. And I try, if I get emails, I, I categorize them into their folders so I don't see. Because my problem is I'm, I'm kind of OCD. If I see, you know, 30 messages on what email or whatever it is, I'll have to look through them all. So, and then read it. And then if something bad comes through, I'll have the shits for that entire day. So that's why I sort of stopped doing that. And it's good going motorbike riding on the weekend. Where we go, there's no phone reception. So I don't need to turn it off. I don't even take my phone out of the car, you know. Um, so it's, it is it is scary, but I guess it's the same as anything. Everything's scary when you first do something. And then when you get used to it, it, it becomes second nature. Love that. And the final question that I wanted to ask you is, for people that, that you know, want to get started on their dream, our big mission is to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. So for everybody's listening right now, 
all of you are so important to me and I really want you to live the best life. So listen carefully now because Danny is going to drop some truth bombs, no pressure. (laughs) And what's the first thing they can do to kind of get started on, on their dreams? Um, take the leap of faith. Again, just do it. Don't, um, don't, when someone, it's like someone going to get a tattoo, for example, you sit there, you design it up, you get to the tattoo shop, you're awesome. You get, you're pumped. You wait two days and you go, I'm not going to get that now. If you wait and you think, my, my problem is I don't think. I just go off and do it and then realize the cons, maybe whatever consequences there are, I realize it as I'm going, you know, because if I start thinking, I, I second guess myself and I don't do it. So just believe in yourself. The one thing that I would say is if you have a, a, a wife, a, a husband or whatever and you're going to do that, talk to them first about it because if you just go, fuck it and, and off you go and you don't talk to them about it you're going to have a lot more problems down the track than what it is from the business you're going to have business problems you're going to have marital or, or partner problems so just be honest with them that's you know that's one of the, the big things love that and also be you be yourself look at danny like once you guys were totally transparent with who you are were and also had a great product right now things started happening so uh danny Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. No worries. Thanks for having me, Peter. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. If you're still here, that's amazing. I hope you learned something new today. And check us out at ilovesuccess.co. Give us a review. We have more than 200 conversations now with incredible people from all over the world. I, I feel so lucky that I get to meet all these people and you know share their journey with you. I I download it into my own brain and try to take some things from every person to improve my life. I hope you do the same. Until next time, stay awesome and go after your dreams. Uh, Thanks again and see you guys soon.